0: I'm Autumn. And I'm Bethany. And we are A to B Podcast, working on getting from point A to point B through simplicity, organization,
1: and some fun.
0: Hi, Bethany. Happy belated birthday.
1: Aw, thank you.
0: Did you have a nice birthday?
1: I had a lovely birthday and I thought of you because a friend sent me a message and said, I tried to post on your wall for Your birthday, like a happy birthday post on your Facebook wall. And she's like, but for some reason, it won't let me post. And then I remembered that at some point I had like clicked all the privacy settings so nobody could post on my wall. And then I was like, oh no, I don't want to miss out on Facebook birthday. So I went in and like fixed it. And people posted such lovely things. And I thought of you because I was like, Autumn hates this. (laughs) (laughs) that's funny you know some people don't want to work on their birthday
0: yeah they take the day off
1: yes those people are not kindergarten teachers because let me tell you my students were so adorable just like every five seconds they wanted to come up and give me a hug and say happy birthday happy birthday like they just made the day so special so it was a fun day
0: that's great in case you're wondering why we missed last week, that was Bethany's actual birthday, twelve twelve. So we were partying so hard, we had to take a week off.
1: She's joking about the partying so hard thing. <laughs> I was like, boy, it's nine thirty because I still need to get up at five. So that is my wild night. <laughs> but thank you. Yes, it was a good birthday.
0: Good. Before we move on to our main event today, kids clutter. We have an exciting announcement.
1: I'm so excited. If we had a drum roll, maybe we have a drum roll sound effect. We would, sure. we would roll it. We would, we would roll the drums.
0: Drum roll, please.
1: Okay, what are you doing on January 18th? If you are in the Los Angeles area, we hope that we'll get to meet you.
0: I think you should say Southern California because I'm coming from San Diego. So you could be all over Southern California.
1: Correct. If you are in the Southern California area or the surrounding states – the surrounding counties.
0: It's a Thursday night. I mean, what else do you have to do
1: except for drive to to LA
0: and see Peter Walsh?
1: Okay, I haven't mentioned that part yet.
0: Oh, sorry. But
1: that is the most exciting part. Peter Walsh is going to be speaking at the event. January 18th. It's called Get Organized, an evening with Peter Walsh. And it is hosted by NAPO LA. If you're not familiar with NAPO, it's the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. And they have an LA chapter and they're hosting this event with Peter Walsh. So mark your
0: calendars. We are going to be there. Peter Walsh is going to be there. I mean, it doesn't get much better.
1: And we're so excited. And I'm, do I bring my questions? I have more questions for him that we didn't get to in the episode. No,
0: Bethany, we are not asking him any questions. I
1: know. We're going
0: to hear him speak. I mean, it's no secret that we are huge fans of Peter
1: Walsh. So we're thrilled and we're really excited to to be there to meet Peter Walsh, to hopefully meet you too. So yeah, if you're in the Southern California area, come join us. It's going to be a fun night.
0: Yes, we can't wait. With only one week till Christmas, I am super excited to talk about this topic, kids clutter, specifically toys. Because way back in episode five, we talked about kids paper and kind of how you work on finding systems for all the kids paper that comes through school, but we never really talked about toys. And I think one week before Christmas is the perfect time.
1: I think so, because we all know that new things will probably be coming into your home.
0: Yeah. So today we're going to talk about five tips to conquer kids clutter. My goal today is that you're able to find one tip that you can try and use in your own home. I definitely don't want you to feel like you have to do all these things the week before Christmas. That's not our goal or even after Christmas. Our goal is to find one thing that you can use and implement in your home to, just to make your life a little bit easier with toys and all the clutter that comes along with kids.
1: I like the idea of, here, we're going to give you a lot of tips, but don't feel bad if you, if that sounds overwhelming. Pick one. Pick one little tiny thing you can do.
0: And I'm sure some of these you probably are already doing in your home. So I hope that's the case, too, that you find something that you're doing and you can just give yourself a little pat on the back for already taking care of that. Here we go. So we're going to start off with my number one tip. And I give this tip to everyone, not just to talking about Kids Clutter, and that is to make permanent donation box or basket or just a permanent space in your garage or in your closet to hold things that you are ready to say goodbye to, that you're done, you want to donate it. Even if it's not to an organization, if you want to donate it to a friend or to your church or somewhere else just to create that permanent spot where you have things where you come across it and you're like, this needs to go and you have a place for it to live until you're ready to take that errand.
1: We talked about that in episode 19. Autumn, you were calling it a way station. It's Clutter's way station. I think one way that we can get derailed is that next step after you figure out that you want to let go of something. Sometimes you're worried about where it's going to go. Do I give it to Goodwill or to some other charity? Do I pass it along to somebody. Do I recycle it? So instead of getting derailed by that, have this way station where you know it's leaving your house, but you don't have to worry about taking care of that part right at this moment.
0: Yeah. So this is really important for kids just because they go think through things so quickly. We talked about this in terms of clothing for kids a lot in the Clutter's Way station just because they go through sizes so quickly. And also, if you have younger kids, you might have a holding spot for things that, you, that your older kids are done with and you want to give to your younger kids, but they're just not age-appropriate yet. So even creating a holding spot until you're ready to use them helps a lot with having clutter out. You can put that away instead of having it just hang out until your younger kids are ready for it.
1: Right, and for me a big step was creating a donation box that lives in my closet. And so if I put something on and I try it on, it's not comfortable or I, I'm like, oh, I don't want to wear this today. Well, with a couple things that keeps happening and I'm like, okay, I just need to say goodbye to this. So in the box it goes. And when it gets full, mm-hmm. we can say goodbye to it.
0: We talk a lot about organizing, not necessarily being something that you're born with, but more of looking at it as a problem solving tactic. So finding that problem what you get hung up on and for a lot of people it is just figuring out where this needs to go and therefore you don't take it out of your home so this kind of solves the problem in a way that you're able to get it out of your home first and solve that second part of deciding where it's going to go later because you've already decided you're done with it and then you stop moving it out of your way and it doesn't create clutter in your home.
1: Also, we talked to Laura from I'm an Organizing Junkie in episode 24, and she talked a lot about that, how that's really been a great way for her to stay on top of the clutter that's that's in her home.
0: Yes. Yeah, so if you don't have a donation station or a donation spot yet, make that your number one priority to create that. You'll see a big change if you implement that in your home.
1: And keep it simple. Grab a box. Mine's a box that I had in... You know, if you ever want to upgrade it to a basket, you can, but keep it simple.
0: (laughs) Yes. For our second tip today... Now that we've created a permanent spot for donations, we also want to make a permanent spot for your kids, like keepsakes, for stuff that we think is junk, but they want to keep it. When my kids were little, it was a little shoebox. Now they've graduated, now that they're 11 and 9, they have a drawer in their desk where it's just full of, like, little keepsakes that they've made, like an art class or... Um, you know rocks that they've picked up it's just random things but if they have a spot where that can go instead of just roaming around in your house that makes all the difference I have a blog post about how I made little treasure boxes for my kids I think they were like four and five and I'll put a link to that in the show notes You can find that at a2bpodcast.com slash 32. So you can see more about how I personally did a treasure box for my little ones. But the important thing is, is when they're at that age, picking up little items is to give them a home to keep them. So you're not just wanting to throw them away all the time like I do. (laughs) (laughs) If they have a spot for them, you don't have to throw away. However, I am going to get a little controversial here, Bethany, Uh because I feel like those party favors that you get at birthday parties- you know, the little junky ones. Or now they have them at like fairs. People are just like handing stuff out to kids. Like those have a 24-hour life in my home. If they are lying around, if they're junky, they get tossed.
1: I think I've talked about this in a podcast, but maybe not. I remember you talking about the party favor thing. And I'll admit it was slightly controversial. I said, but what if they love it? You're like, put it in the box then or it's gone. (laughs) If I step on that thing one more time, it's out.
0: Right, because they will take over your home, especially if you have more than one kid, multiple birthday parties. I mean, parents know. They know what I'm talking about. If you feel bad about throwing party favors away, because I get it, it feels wasteful. People spent money on this. I created a little like jar. I had it next to my donations where I just threw the party favors in there. And if you know a teacher or, or people at your church or somebody who has a treasure box that gives away little things to kids, what I did is I collected them. And then at the end of the school year, I gave them to my daughter's kindergarten teacher for her to put in her little store for next year. And that way my daughter (laughs) was not like in the store like, hey, this was mine. (laughs) So you can collect them and designate them as a giveaway to somebody who needs them. They just don't need to be in your house. Okay, tip number three is to give limits. And the way that you are able to do this is just with containers. In our interview with Sam in episode 31, we talked about this a little bit and how she gives limits to her kids in the playroom and she has baskets and once they are full they talk about what needs to be gotten rid of because this is the limit that we decided is reasonable for toys. Your limits can look different in different ways. One way I do it is I have a little like shoebox size Plastic bin for bath toys, and believe me, that has been full before. And I'm, you have to look and say, okay, with which bath toys am I throwing away? Because this is a reasonable number of bath toys. There's no need, reason that I need more than this. So your limits kind of keep you in check. When things are overflowing, like an inbox, for example, it's like you realize, hey, it's time to to make something happen about this. If you look in your kid's room and every space is overloaded with toys, you know that it's time to decide what your limits are going to be where things are going to live so this bin is for this type of toy and once it gets full we're gonna either store it somewhere else or we're gonna give it away i don't feel like this is coming across too clearly
1: I totally know what you mean, though. And I've actually learned this with you, watching you and the way that you navigate, you know, all the things that come into your home for your girls. And I think you're really good about you have a space for Legos. You have a space for, you know, for their books. You have a space for dolls and toys. And they're reasonable amounts of things. You know, they can only play with so many things. And I think having those containers really will help set a limit. There is no lack of toys or things for your kiddos to do in your home, you know, but it's contained, it's really clear, it's easy to clean up because everything's labeled. I know, okay, you know, the girls and I are doing a puzzle. Well, the puzzle's done. Okay, it goes here.
0: Let's stay here for a second because I love how you said that. Labels really help with limits. I know it sounds silly, but when you something is labeled, you know, you're just shouting to the world that this is what fits in here. And if we have more of this item, that label tells you that you've hit your limit for that. So labels are great. I love it. Another thing with kids to keep in mind is open bins. Try to get rid of the lids if you're talking about toys that are used every day. And the reason for this is you want to make it as easy as possible to put things away. So I'm sure you've experienced this before where you're putting something away and you kind of put it in the area where it goes. But you didn't take that extra step to like take off the lid and put it actually where it goes or open the drawer to put it where it goes. We are like that and kids are the same way. If something takes like three steps to put away when it really could just be one step without a lid, you just throw it in. That's the way to have kids put things away is keep it super, super easy. But things like Legos when they get older, obviously, those have lids where you can stack them on each other. But labels and open bins, those are the winners.
1: In terms of setting limits, I mean, I feel like you have really involved the girls in this, unless it's like one of those party favors that you're stepping on and you're just like, nope, it's going. How do you get your kids involved in this so that they don't feel like you're taking their stuff away, but they're really a part of that process and you're building those letting it go muscles for your kiddos too?
0: Right. So there are definitely certain times where you want to organize with your kids and make it a teaching lesson. And you're teaching them a skill about your priorities in terms of what toys you're playing with and what toys you're not. And, you know, giving toys that you don't use to others. So there are times when that is what you're working on, that skill with your kids. And when that is your focus, you kind of have to go a little slower and be conscious of the fact that you're teaching them. So it's going to take some time. And one thing I do, if that's the case, is we focus on the things that we're going to keep first. So I have them choose their top three to five favorite items and put them on their bed so that they know, and I know, and we all know that that's the safe spot. We're not getting rid of those things. So after we have those safe items that we're you know, you're keeping, don't worry, we're not going to get rid of this. Then we look through the room and say, okay, what else are we done with? What else do we not play with that often? And so that's a great way for them to just know that you're not getting rid of everything in their room and they get to choose what they're keeping. And then there are times when you're not really asking for their input you are making the decisions for them. Because stuff can be overwhelming to you when you're trying to go through organizing. That's why there's so many books written about it. It can be overwhelming for a kid too. So sometimes it's just not age appropriate for them to be with you while you're organizing. It feels overwhelming. It feels like a lot. So don't feel like every time you need to clean out their toys, they need to be sitting there right with you. Sometimes you can do it while they're at school. That's fine because you're the adult. You're the parent. You're taking over this harder thing they're still learning about and you get to do that on your own. So you can have a mix of those times. It doesn't have to be all with them or all without them there. Okay, tip three, we were talking about limits. Tip four is kind of on that same idea. Even if you have tons of great toys, you don't want to have them all out at one time. That can be very overwhelming. So I would give limit to toys that are out. There are some toys that are put away and are not available to be played with at all times. And you probably are already doing this like with Play-Doh or with paints. Those are put away. They are not just sitting out. You get to play with Play-Doh whenever you want type toys. So our Legos are like that. Our Legos are up and away. And then when we decide we want to play with Legos, we get them out and down. So maybe if you have Legos, there's some Legos that are out all the time and then other Legos that aren't. It kind of depends on... If your kids are like 100% into Legos, maybe those are out all the time and there's a different toy that's put up and away. This is really helpful with little kids, especially kind of that idea of rotating toys. So some toys are up in the closet, in the basement, in the attic, and then you switch them every now and then. I don't do this with all the toys, but there are certain toys that I put up and switch with others, so they get kind of a new view at this toy that they haven't seen in a few months, and it makes it fun, and it also limits the amount of clutter that can be out at one time because you just have a limited number of toys that are in their room or in their playroom that they can get out with and play with, and I also kind of use this in a different way. If there's a play set that has lots of little parts, sometimes I take all those little parts and put them in a container and my older kids get to play with the little teeny tiny parts. So for instance, we have a dollhouse and it comes with all these little fun teeny tiny parts like food and shoes and accessories. Those are put away for my older kids. They get to play with the little teeny tiny parts. But for my four year old, those extra items are put up and away and she can play with the people and the furniture and that's it. So if you have a set that has tons of parts and you have young kids, take away all the small parts for a little bit. Like you can take them out on a special day when you got extra amount of energy for that day because we all know they end up all over the house. They're everywhere. You know, that's one of the reasons I have a lost toy drawer. Don't feel like you have to have all those little small parts out all the time. They can be hidden away if you have younger kids or until you're feeling up to it mentally.
1: (laughs) Because you know you're putting them away.
0: (laughs) Right. We all know there's days you're ready for Play-Doh and there's days where you just can't do a Play-Doh day. So
1: we have those days. I was hanging out with a friend and she has two kiddos, uh, four and seven. And we were playing that game, um, hi ho Cherryo, hi ho, cherryo. Yeah, there's all those little cherries, right? And so she she picks up the game, she puts it away, and like probably I don't know, maybe ten minutes later or something, you know, we find one of the little plastic cherries that have not made it back into the box. And my first reaction was like, yeah, let's toss it, you know. Like I would have just, yeah, I don't know. My instinct was just like, oh, we don't need. The-. And she's like, you need all the cherries because it has these little tiny slots, right, for the tree. You have to put. She's like, we're already missing some, so. Yes. I love the idea of a little lost toy. If you don't feel like going back and getting out Hi-Ho Cherry and putting the little cherry back in the little container, have it somewhere so that when you're doing like a round of cleanup, it's there waiting for you along with the, you know, Barbie sock and the, well, I don't know. Do Barbies have socks?
0: Um, usually just high heels. So.
1: Oh, geez. Of course. How practical.
0: (laughs) Speaking of, that's another great example. The four-year-old for some reason loves Barbies, but the high heels and the extra clothes—those are away in a different container for the older girls to play with. And the four-year-old doesn't get to play with all the shoes and the brushes and that stuff. The extra little pieces she can play with those shoes and those clothes when she's older and enjoys it. Right now, she's just having fun like moving
1: the people around. Got it. Got it.
0: So that's tip number four: is to find ways in your home that you can rotate toys. You don't need to make it complicated, keep it just super simple, whatever works for you. If it's the small parts or actually switching it from rooms and it doesn't have to be all your toys, just the toys that need a little extra time away. And it makes it fun for the kids too. It's like they get a brand new toy when you take it out after they haven't seen it for a few months. So on to our last tip, tip number five, and this is one that is especially great for toddlers because they start carrying things around from room to room. I don't know why it happens, but (laughs) I had one where they're just like carrying this thing. I'm like, where did you even find this in our home? They just find things and carry it around. So we had a basket in our living room where we would just throw items that they were carrying around the house that belonged elsewhere. Your living room ends up with all this clutter of stuff that your little kids got out. You just throw it all in the basket when you're doing a quick cleanup. And then later, you take that basket and then all at once, you put those items away. Otherwise, you feel like you're doing it all day long taking the things that are in your living room and putting them back where they go. This way you can kind of batch it. You just throw it all in that basket and put it away. If you have stairs, people I know who have stairs, they often do this and they just have a little basket on their stairs for things that go upstairs and they throw it in the basket. And then all at once you take those things upstairs to put them away.
1: You know, I have to say, I was about to say, Hey, Autumn, that sounds a little bit like you're batching your task.
0: It is, exactly.
1: You taught me that term. <laughs> so We're I, always
0: looking for ways to batch. I was so
1: proud of myself that I recognized a batch when I heard one.
0: <laughs> that's funny. This could also work as your kids get older, too, and you could have a basket for each of them, or you could have just one family basket, and it could be their job to put things away. Um, hey, mom, can I watch TV? Yes, go put away all the stuff that's in your basket, and that's their job. You could have one kid and it could be their job and they could rotate and they put away things for the whole family and put it in their room. So you can structure this in different ways depending on how you like it in your family. But the point is to have a central spot, kind of going back to tip number one, a central spot to put things that are out of place into this basket and then put everything away at once. And then while you are doing this, you can also pay attention to the types of toys that your kids are bringing out into the Front living room to play with. This will kind of give you a sense of their favorite toys that they keep playing with. And if there's toys that are never like coming out to the living room, they're never seeing the light of day, then you know that those you can pass on to somebody else who would uh, love and appreciate them. So it's a good way to, if you're paying attention, see what your kids are playing with, what they're enjoying. And remember that as you're cleaning out the clutter.
1: Actually, in my classroom, there's certain books that the kids just totally gravitate towards. And mm-hmm. the kids will hide them so that when they have the opportunity to go pick a book in the library, they can pick that one. There's like just favorites. And I could have 50 books out and they will gravitate towards this particular one or two books. And it just goes to show you that like you need a lot less than you think you do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's a great book if you want to read more about this, thinking about kids' toys and how much they need, and it's called Simplicity Parenting, and we'll put a link in the show notes. And I just found it really interesting talking about the best ways to promote imagination and creative play in kids. And so if this isn't topic you're interested in, I definitely recommend that book. And our last tip, Bethany, I know I said five, but this is kind of a bonus tip.
1: Wait, bonus tip?
0: I'll know you appreciate this because you work with these kiddos every day, To remember that this is definitely a skill, a new habit that you're working on in your home. It takes a long time to kind of build that up with kids. So if you're working on getting your kids to put things away, it's going to take a lot of repetition And to have patience with yourself and with kiddos that you're teaching them something that's going to go on through life. It's just not going to be like snap your fingers and they're putting their toys away. There's some statistic about learning a new habit, and it's talking about for adults. And it talks about that you need to repeat it like 30 to 40 times. Have you ever heard that? Like it takes a good month of you repeating that habit.
1: Before it becomes more automatic. Right. Yeah, I definitely have heard something like that.
0: So as you're working on this skill with your kids, just think of, you know, at least 30 or 40 times plus some as their brain is developing. It's not going to be perfect, but it's just that slowly working on this skill. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I have a couple fun games that I play that I shared in a blog post that you can do
1: with your kiddos to make cleanup fun. I have to say that the having patience part, that is so important. It can be really hard to do. And- I remember it was on the first day of school, and we start every day with a morning meeting. So I said, all right, everybody, let's get into a circle. They're, like, bumping into each other, and they're they're spinning, and so, you know, they didn't... And I, I had to laugh at myself because I was like, oh, right. You know, before the summer, my kiddos from last year were ready for first grade, you know? I have kiddos. This is their, like, first week of kindergarten. I forgot. I have to teach them how to get in a circle, you know? Yeah. That reminder to just be gentle with yourself as you're going through this process and with your kiddos as they're learning.
0: Yeah. Learning a skill takes time. And then also a little bit of trial and error as you try things and realize, hey, that didn't work. How can we tweak that? So remember your problem solving. So if something doesn't work, don't throw the whole thing out the window. Figure ways that you can tweak it and make it work for your family.
1: And since we're a week away from Christmas, Autumn, I remember that you know at the beginning of the episode you were talking about maybe pick one tip you know maybe you have that donation box handy so that as you're finding homes for these new toys or it could be an opportunity with your kiddo to say oh let's find a home for this but you know we need to make space for this cuz again about the limits we need to make space for this so let's let go of something so that we'll have space for your new toy and maybe it's something that again you just rotate but There's still lots of opportunities to incorporate these into your routines.
0: These are five tips for conquering kids' clutter. Six.
1: Bonus tip.
0: I don't know if you can really count that tip. I
1: don't know. Patience should maybe be number one when thinking about (laughs) any type of clutter, right?
0: (laughs) Working with kids.
1: Not just with kids. I mean, like with any clutter. I'm like, why doesn't it look the way I want it to look right now? Oh, tip number one. (laughs) No, now I'm just going to say bonus tip. Patience. (laughs)
0: You can find any of the links that we talked about today on our show notes page, a slash 32. And you can find us on social media at A2B Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have any questions for us or want to share how you conquer kids clutter, we'd love to hear it. And thank you so much to those of you who have subscribed and left a review. We got a few new reviews, Bethany. So thank you. Yay. Thank you. Those help us get the word out about our podcast, and we just thank you so much for taking a minute out of your day to review us. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe and take a minute to leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, It would mean so much to us as we are working hard to get new episodes out to you.
1: And we hope whatever you're doing over the holidays and uh, diving into the new year that you enjoy yourself, and we'll see you in January. Bye for now. Bye. Start the new year with you here on A to B Podcast dot com. Uh, wait, not the not dot com. I'm not the website. We. <laughs>